Hello there, and welcome to another episode of Align with Lina. Today is January the 11th in the year 2021. We have just started a brand new year of opportunities, of shifting, of lifting, of, of really taking stock of who we want to show up in the world as in 2021. And because I love to bring people that I am inspired um, to invite based on, on what's going on in the world, I am super excited to introduce you to a friend of mine. I've known John Hyatt for several years, and I know him as a fellow on this journey to, to, of consciousness, of expanding our awareness that we are connected to something greater than just ourselves. And he is a leadership coach, so you're going to get to hear his personal story, but also you're going to get to hear what, what an amazing mind this man has and, and the leadership. You're going to hear it in, in our conversation. So thank you so much, John, for being here with me. I am super, super excited for our conversation. Absolutely. My pleasure to be here. And thank you, Lina. I appreciate the invitation and look forward to our chat. Happy New Year to you. Happy New Year to you, too. This is really exciting times. Um, so let's start the conversation where, where I always started with everybody, and that's when did you begin to realize that there was more to life than what you have been taught? Like, like there's something else beyond the matrix that you thought was real. Well, uh, it's probably in my mid to late 30s, early 40s, when I was going through personal stuff on my own personal journey. Um, and... Uh, at that time, I was realized that I was out of sync, okay? So when I started to pay attention that, wait a minute, things were out of alignment with me, <laughs> um, <laughs> the natural flow on, follow on thing was that what else is happening outside of me? Yeah. Um, but first, I, my challenge was to deal with, wait a minute, what's going on inside of me, you know? And until I started to get some clarity on that, um, you know, the outside world kind of continued to make sense or not make sense, depending on the way that I was looking at it through whatever lens I was looking at it. Um, but as my personal journey and my spiritual journey kind of transpired, uh, um, I started to get more and more clarity about um, first with myself, you know, where was I, you know, my coaching, my leadership coaching thing is about availability, show up available, the available leader, the available parent, the available partner, um, the available business owner, whatever it is. So yeah, I, when I went through my personal journey, it was like, I've been unavailable. <laughs> I've thought that I wanted X, A, B, C. I wanted this. I wanted that. I wanted this experience. I wanted that experience. And I found that I was significantly unavailable for what I wanted by the way I thought about it, felt about it, talked about it, and acted relevant to it. So um, once I started to get more clarity within myself, I started to feel more aligned and grounded and centered. Then as I started to look at things outside of me, see, it all makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it made sense to me, okay, that I was acting the way I was and getting the results that I was getting 
made perfect sense when I considered how unavailable I was for it, right? So yeah. it made perfect sense. Yeah. So when I look at the outside world now, um, I would say that my perspective is a little bit more mature, deeper, understanding, compassionate, empathetic to the point where that thing that just happened makes perfect sense. Not that doesn't mean it's a good thing. Okay. <laughs> um, <clears throat> it doesn't mean that uh, people are blessed by it, you know, uh, on the positive spectrum, but it makes perfect sense that that happened, that somebody arrived at this, uh, or that somebody personally arrives at a certain conclusion. See, because when you understand that what's happening is based on how people are choosing to choosing to see things, yeah. then it becomes, it starts to make sense. Yeah. Oh, I totally get why somebody did that because it makes to total sense given their perspective, their experience, their line of thinking. I got it. I understand it. It doesn't mean I have to approve it or uh, like it. But it's, yeah. it makes sense. It does. And you know, what a what a great, beautiful, perfect summary of really what what we all have to do um, to shift our, our life, our experience of life and how we show up in the world. And I want to give a quick shout out to Paulette. Thank you so much for joining us. She said we're Hi, two Paulette. of her favorite people. Good to see you. <laughs> hey, Dave. Good to see you, too, man. So fun. So I am. Um, I, I kind of want to sit with what you share because you said so many beautiful, powerful, uh, you know, you dropped all these little wisdom bombs in there. And it is it is really those little bits of wisdom that if we unpack them lead to such rich conversations. Um, you know, when you said that you started to look at what is going on inside of you as what where the change needed to happen. What is it Gandhi who said? you know, we got to be the change we want to see in the world. What to help paint a picture for those who are watching this, what what were some of the things that happened in your life that caused you to begin to shift? For me, my shift started when I was 41. My mom passed away. And my grieving her activated a lot of fear about death. Um, growing up Catholic, I had this concept of what what was going to happen to me when I died and the death, her death became so real uh, that I it was clear well I'm going to go I'm going to go like she this life is temporary and then I began to see that I looked at the world through the lenses like you were saying of fearing punishment when I die which meant while I was alive I too was not fully available because I lived from a low level um, fear of, of death, fear of what would people think, fear of not doing things right, not, not appearing right. And I lived with primarily the most debilitating fear that I had was I was afraid to be myself because I was so busy trying to get people to approve of me. Sure. But in the trying to get people to approve of me, I was showing them my false self. And that, that journey took me into discovering, well, who is this false self? And who is this real self that is afraid to come out? And who is this false self that I wear as a mask? And that just sent me on, on a journey to realize that I had been just so indoctrinated with information that really blocked my authentic self. 
How, sure. what, what was going on in your life? What, what were like some of the, the, the real life experiences that you were having where you began to look at it and go, oh, wow, this is what's going on? Sure. Um, I grew up a Mormon. Uh, so I grew up in the culture of the Mormon church and which I bless and I'm grateful for all of my experience uh, with that. And I have many family members that are still Mormon and certainly love and support their choice and preference of, you know, religious belief and religious path. Um, but in doing so, there were some certain aspects of that that just weren't lining up within me, even though I served as a missionary, I served as a bishop of two congregations. Um, at the same time, I was also in the military with a military career. And my experiences in the military also added some additional filter in dealing with leadership and um, training and um, combat and different things like that. And so I just started to pick up like kind of similar to you, the Mormon culture as our most religious, not, you know, more of the orthodox kind of religious practices can be very, you know, um, rigid in perspective, rigid, uh, culture, you know, it's very strong culture to where you really can't step outside and be yeah. your complete self because you're going to get disapproval. You're going to get the finger of shame or nope, you're not supposed to think or feel that way. You need to think or feel this way. Yeah. Um, so I was experiencing some of those things. And then um, my a divorce, my divorce from my um first wife was uh, significant for me and a lot of uh, probably the catalyst, so to speak, to go and be, wait a minute, you know, I took her out of the picture. I took the church out of the picture. I'm like, wait a minute, who is John Hyatt really? Who is John Hyatt? And I really didn't know. Because like you, we can spend, I knew kind of, I was an okay guy and I was in general, happy and well-adjusted and successful and had friends. So I wasn't going through any life trauma, so to speak, that regrettably other people uh, struggle with and go through. But my journey was still like, I was out of touch with who I was primarily because number one, I didn't know who I was. And number two, I wasn't confident and courageous in speaking my truth about who I was and letting people arrive at whatever conclusion they wanted to arrive at. And I would just stop caring about that. Um, but it wasn't until I kind of went through that process that I'm like, and that's one of the core things about my coaching model that I use today with people, with one-on-one, -on -one, with leaders, with couples, with people that are trying to figure it out, come up with a solution for their life. It's like, wait a minute, here's the thing who you are in any given situation. And I have this picture on my wall in my office This quote, it's my quote. I haven't found where anybody else says it just like me anyway, but who you are in any given situation is always greater than what's happening. Love that. Okay. So all sorts of different things can be happening, good or bad, right? A divorce, a job, a promotion, a job loss, a, a loss in the family whatever, a sudden shift, uh, what happened recently, politically. Um, it's who we are that determines 
uh, how we're going to move through something. Yeah. And I had lost touch with my R-E-A-L self. For me, R-E-A-L is our respected self for the R. Our E is our esteemed self. Our, the A is our accepted self. And the L is our loved self. Okay. Mm -hmm. So until we expand the level of our R-E-A-L on the inside, we're going to continue to attract more challenging situations on the outside. And we're going to give our power away to other people saying that their respect of me is more important than my respect of myself or their approval of me is more important than my approval of myself or their opinion is somehow more valuable than my own opinion. And that's where we give ourselves away. We lose power. Then we don't have, we're not empowered. Okay. We have a very low empowerment and then we start to attract things in our life that are consistent with having a low degree of empowerment. And then we wonder why. Yeah. Yeah. And isn't that, um, well, again, you said so many things and, and let me pick a couple of these to, to give us a direction here. Um, the real self. I love that. I love the acronym. I love what, what you said uh, each one of them stand for. And, and it definitely will bear repeating. We'll have to make sure we repeat that in a little bit. So those who didn't catch it the first time. But that real self, for me, the reason this program I called it Align with Lina is because I love to bring people here who give, give as their own life an example of how we came to align with our true self how we came into alignment with the essence of who we are. And that real self for me is my Christed nature, my Buddha nature, my, my totally incomplete innocent self as God created me, the God of my own understanding, which that's a whole different conversation because I used to have a, a big issue with God and then I had to work through how I had been conditioned to not really know uh, God. So once I came to know the God that I came to understand as, as what powers my real self, then my alignment with that is my true north, my compass, my, my center, whatever, whatever you want to call it. And that's what I'm always aligning to. Right. But when I'm not aligned into and centered inside of that true self, you know, people say, have said to me many times earlier on in my journey, you're becoming so self-centered with your spiritual journey. You're becoming so self-centered with your all this work that you're doing on yourself. And I said to them, once I realized what was happening to me is, you see it as I'm becoming self-centered. I see it as getting centered within myself. Yes. And that became what I knew I had to do so I could be in direct communication with the creative source that expresses through me because that's when I'm authentic. Not when I'm operating from my egoic self and I am just being my little self. So tell me more about the shifts that you went through and in contrast the old self and the real self because my old self was a people pleaser. I definitely was a manipulator. I was, I was a liar because I, I wasn't being authentic, um, controlling as hell and, and always, always selfish. It was all about me. And my goodness, shifting from that to my real self has been quite the process. And it is for everybody. I haven't met anybody that did it in the snap of the finger. Um, but sh share the contrast between the old self and your real self that you that you uh, you know align with. 
Yeah. So as a part of this process, what I found was that it's a values-based approach. Okay. Meaning respect, esteem, acceptance, and love are value words to me. They wow. are they are values, right? And so here's the thing. When when we're inauthentic, we either A haven't identified or B we're unclear on the values that we want to demonstrate. And I love the word alignment that are aligned with what? Who we are, our personal preferences, what we like, what we don't like, things that bring us joy, things that bring us, um, you know, the contrast between joy and um, struggle, okay, or pain. And contrast is so important. We, I think we, as because contrast can create so much challenge and hurt and war and pain and hunger and suffering, we get all caught up in judging contrast as a bad thing instead of taking the opportunity to learn from it. We want to judge it and then dismiss it. Mm-hmm. But instead, if we can go, wait a minute, <laughs> thank you, God, for the contrast, because at a minimum, I'm learning what I don't want if I'm choosing to pay attention. Okay. On the upside of that is once I'm clear on what I don't want, I can at least define or want to define what I do want. And then I can move in the different direction of that value. So, for example, um, when I stopped becoming a Mormon Mormon, and I was in the process of my spiritual beliefs, it was like, wait a minute, I've been a Mormon my whole life. Okay, who is John if he's not a Mormon? Yeah. What does John believe about God if he's not a Mormon? What does John do on Sundays if he's not a Mormon? How does John react within his family construct and within any associations that I had in the Mormon church if I'm not a Mormon? Yeah. And that was a huge like, well, who is John? What values does John want to demonstrate? Not what spirit specific spiritual beliefs, but what values? Well, respect is a value. Esteem is a value. Acceptance, number one, accepting myself is that I'm okay just as I am and I belong. And that opens the door to accepting you're okay and you belong, even if we don't agree. Okay. And then the concept of love. Love is a value. Self-compassion. Can I show compassion to myself? To me, that is self-love, is the ability to demonstrate a sense of self-compassion, of self-caring, of self-worth. And... um, when I started to def- get more clear on the values where I was unavailable, see, if we're unavailable, we're open or closed, available or unavailable for certain values. Yep. Okay. If I'm close to respect, I'm either going to A, disrespect myself, B, disrespect others, or C, allow other people to disrespect me because I'm unavailable to the value of respect, dignity, honor, whatever it might be. And so... This whole thing was like, I'm out of alignment. Well, I can't get aligned unless I'm clear on the values to which I want to align myself with. And again, if I count on somebody else to tell me what those values should be, or if I elevate them to the position that I have to make sure that my values or preferences align with theirs, then I'm setting myself up for failure because then it's not me. It's not authentic to me. Yeah can't be authentic to me unless I'm clear on who I am 
then I can align my thoughts, feelings, words, and actions consistent yeah. with that. Yeah. Well, you know, there were three three books uh, that helped me tremendously. Three teachings that helped me really get more clear about that. Because you know, when when our mind is out of alignment with our true self, we I needed teachers to help me bring me back. I needed lots of teachings, lots of workshops. I you know, coaches that I hired at different stages of my journey um, to help me get more clear about what was going on because you know as a coach now i can really say this after coaching for 14 years we can't see our own blind spots and the three books that really helped me and i'd love to know which ones have helped you um i became a student of dr uh, david hawkins and he wrote the book book power versus force and i don't know if you're familiar with that book or not but in that book he lays out the map of consciousness and i got to see what was going on inside of me emotionally, my my understanding of God, my how I was showing up in the world, he charted it out because, you know, we, we are all vibration. We're all energy beings. We're all made of, of the same thing. And when we are being authentic, our energy is expanded and we we're all this all the same. We all operate exactly the same, like you said, real. We respect ourselves and others. We esteem, you know, the, the, the self-esteem is so high because you respect yourself and others. And you're, of course, you're available and accepting and loving. All of those things show up. So looking at where was I on that chart, when I was lower on the chart, which is calibrated through kinesiology, um, I saw that we're also all the same. The more closed off we are, we go into fear, we go into shame, into guilt, into blame, into judgment. Mm -hmm. And so that chart made it really easy for me because it gave me a barometer. Wait, where is Lina on this chart today? Yeah, and, and each situation was different. Some right. situations I was high on the chart, I, was, I could be compassionate. Other situations, two minutes later, I would be down and blame and, and you know, guilting and, and uh, revenge. So I began to use that book as a beautiful gauge. The other book that I loved was um, very similar in what it teaches, totally different languaging in a way. Um, but it was by Abraham Hicks, the book, Ask and It Is Given, because there's an emotional scale, almost identical to what Dr. Uh, Hawkins had done, but, but expressed differently. So the yeah. two, I used the two combined and I created my own chart of the two combined. But the book that had it all click for me, you were talking about values. Um, as you know, I'm a, I'm a student and a teacher of A Course in Miracles. And it wasn't until I studied A Course in Miracles that I began to understand what value is all about. Mm -hmm. And until I valued my integrity, my honesty, my alignment with God's or spirit, whatever you want to call it, which I consider my authentic self because if i'm made of uh energy and everything is energy then what god is and is everything and you and i um have been members you know participating in in the teachings of of unity north there are two principles out of five say that there is only god and we are all god so if there's only that one substance then we all must be made of that one substance and valuing aligning with the truth of who I am, going back to the old, you know, Bible. Um, I think it's, I can't remember where this is. 
because I'm not a great student of the Bible, but I love to quote it from time to time, is if we're made in the image of God, when I began to understand God of my own understanding, and I understood it as energy, one with all that is, then I began to value my place in all that is, realizing that all that is is part of me. That shifted me. I mean, it transformed my life to want to live into that. It didn't happen overnight, but to want to live into that, to align with understanding where I was on that scale so that I could monitor my emotions and my thoughts, because obviously that's what creates our reality, was, was that, that, that has, you know, I can't say that was my work. That is my work because I do it all the time. Um, what, what were some teachings that inspired you? Oh, hey, Christy, thanks for joining us. Yeah. Hello, Christy. Thank you. Um, as far as books, there were some key books. You know, it was interesting when I was back in 2000, 2001, when I was going through my divorce and I was completely lost. I'm like, I just wandered into a bookstore and I'm like, what book am I going to read? You know, I just feel like I need some help. I'm looking for a book. And so um, the first book I picked up was called Confessions of a Closed Male. Mm. And I pointed out as being significant because number one, it was the first real self-help book I'd ever deliberately and intentionally gone in to look for. Number two, it's a story about a Mormon guy, you know, a Mormon bishop who struggles with his own stuff. Um, uh, so I really enjoyed that book kind of kicked me off in, in my journey. And then I really uh, learned to discover the value of Wayne Dyer and Wayne Dyer's teachings and his book, The Power of Intention and previous books that I read really pointed me and see what we're talking about until we become intentional about what we're doing. We're just going to keep repeating things over and over and over. But yeah. to become intentional, you have to become self-aware first. You have to go, well, I'm doing this and I'm getting this result. Hmm, is this what I really want? Or do I want something different? Oh, I really want something different. Oh, then I need to intentionally think, speak, feel, and act in a certain way that's consistent with creating the conditions. See, that's what I say. Show up available and create the conditions for success. Yeah. Okay. Success is never guaranteed, but it's more likely to happen if I establish certain conditions for it to occur or to exist. So the conditions for John Hyatt to start to feel at peace, centered and grounded was starting to pay attention to myself. Okay. Starting to do some self analysis and say, is this really what I want? Then in the absence of that going, what do I want? And spending some time, and this is a process. It can take a long time. It can take years sometimes to get full clarity on what you really want. Yeah. But The Power of Intention was a valuable book. Another lifesaver book that I read four or five times, and I recommend it to anybody personally who is dealing with, you know, human condition stuff. It's called The Language of Letting Go by oh. Melody Beatty. That book yes. really saved my life, mm -hmm. uh, not in a literal physical construct, but in an emotional, spiritual construct, because the book is just one of those daily reads, right? And it's perfect because it. every time I picked it up, it, she nailed it, exactly what I needed to hear. My copy is 
highlighted. Every page is highlighted, noted, dog-eared. Um, uh, it's just an amazing book that really introduced me to certain values and the concept of alignment and the concept of being authentic and owning your preferences. Um, so, and you mentioned asking as it's given. It's a classic book. And that's the one thing I love about the Abraham Hicks model is it's all about alignment. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. And when we're not aligned, we don't sleep well. <laughs> we, we, our relationships go down, go to pot. Our, our money situations get worse. But yeah. when we can align within with the vibration of what we want, because it's an energy-based thing with the vibration of what we want, then we become open and available for creating it and manifesting it. In the yeah. absence of that, we're closed, hence unavailable, and we're not creating the conditions we want for success. Yeah, you know, I love love that book that you just talked about um, uh, by Melody. Um, yes. Is it Beatty? Be I'm, I think it's Beatty. Beatty, A-T-T-Y. Yeah. Yes, I read that book earlier on in my journey. It was powerful. Another book with a similar title, just, just let, Letting Go, that's the title of it, by Dr. Yeah. David Hawkins is another book that was so, so powerful because until we let go of our false self, our, of our made up, you know, uh, imagined self, trained self, conditioned self, we can't get to that real self. And that letting go is such an important part of the journey, as you were saying. Um, something you said, um, at first is gonna sound like I'm disagreeing with you, but I, I'm not, I'm just gonna use words slightly differently. When you said, you know, success is not guaranteed. I, I used to think success wasn't guaranteed until I decided to really look at what was happening. And that's when I realized success is always guaranteed. But am I succeeding from my higher self, my real self, or, or is my, my defensive self succeeding again? Yeah. Because as Christy was saying, that we are creators. And, and I know you meant it that way. Um, yes. But that, that, was such a game changer for me. And when I've watched some of your, your videos, uh, when you used to, I don't know, do you still do the, the coaching in, in the square? Um, I put the classes on hold because of COVID and everything. Okay. Uh, and, uh, but I'm looking at, you know, either starting that up via in-person or, or Zoom or some type of level. I'll be making that decision in the next 30 or 60 days. Well, when you used to broadcast and I watched some of your your conversations, you know, it was just so powerful because that's what you were always helping people see is that they could move up that scale. It's just as easy to create chaos in our lives as it is to create you know, conscious clarity and conscious community and everything, conscious success. Um, but the, the hardest thing that I ever, ever did, ever, through this journey, harder than even recognizing that it was okay to accept my son's drug addiction. And if, if he were to die from an overdose, that I had made peace with God. Harder than that was when I had to admit that I wasn't right about everything that I believed I was right about. Yeah. That was the start of my realization yeah. that I created what I don't want just as much as I created what I do want. Because that need to be right about Linus' way kept me out of alignment with God's way. Absolutely. And that was what I really needed to understand is that this creative source wants to create through me, but it always creates 
no matter what I'm thinking about. And that that shift in consciousness to align with my real self. Oh my God, that was the hardest, hardest thing, hardest thing that I ever went through. Dissolving that need to be so freaking righteous. Right. Um, Gabrielle is asking a question. Let's see what. Can you answer this question for me? What book do you recommend to help to process what do I want? Who am I? <sighs> there are books out there that are going to present thoughts and ideas about things to consider, Gabriel, uh, in that process. But really, I wouldn't recommend a book to get to the nitty gritty. Uh, you've been to some of my classes. I would recommend you sit in front of a whiteboard or get a sketch pad or something and you start to write down, what do I want? And you get real specific. You don't need a book to tell you what you want. <laughs> I you, love that answer. You have to trust you, your soul and spirit at this point in your life. And I know you, I know who you are and the great leadership you're doing with the uh, Hispanic, uh, Georgia Hispanic Chamber of Commerce. Uh, fantastic work there. Um, you know, who you are and what you want. I think the clarity comes in going, where do I need to up my game and put my thoughts, feelings, uh, speaking and actions more in alignment? Where do I need to call BS on myself? Which is what Alina just, or Lena just alluded to. Until we can call bullshit, I'm gonna say the word yeah. bullshit, on yes. ourselves and the way we're currently thinking about something that it's really we'll never get anywhere you got to be willing to take the glasses off and go wait a minute what if i'm looking at this situation this person whatever it might be in a completely wrong way what is another way that i can possibly look at it and that's where you just brainstorm. Oh, I can look at it this way, but here's the key when I go, what if I'm completely wrong? What if, I, what if the opposite is true of what I believe? But see, this is all about safety, uh, Lina, because most of us don't feel safe enough to ask ourselves those questions because Bingo. we identify and attach ourselves with certain beliefs and certain constructs, whether about ourselves or other people, or about politics or life or money or jobs or marriage, whatever it might be. And we're convinced that we're right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. When in actuality, we're dead wrong. <laughs> and uh, not wrong, but uh, we're not looking at it in a way that creates any other possibility than what's going on. Yes, Gabrielle, I totally agree. Great, great answer. And the, you know, the, what John said, I'm going to just add this little piece. He said, what do I want? And I would like to add to that. What makes my heart sing? Yeah. We are so conditioned out of listening to our own inner joyful child, our own inner sense of, of fun and play and excitement and creativity. And John is spot on. You, you've got the answers in you. So what you want is in you. But where I feel that so many of us have a hard time tapping into our own answer, and we've got to go outside, is because we forget that what we truly want when we're aligned with our real self is yeah. joyful. And back to what you said, John, earlier. So we're going to tie it together with your comment. 
what we ultimately want is to feel those values, what we value. And it is an emotional and internal feeling and sensation. I used to think I wanted the car. I used to think I wanted the house or the husband or the kids or the vacation or the money. But what I really, really wanted was, was to feel that I was extending myself, giving all that I had to give so that those things were nothing more than just fun experiences that I had. I didn't want the car um, so that I could become somebody my, my false self did. I wanted the car because I wanted to go to places. Um, I wanted to go, you know, do my work. At the time I was a realtor, when I began to realize this, I wanted to use my car to show houses, to help people find homes, to, to help them make their moves. And then when I realized that I had been so conditioned to what I want be material that I totally forgot that what I really wanted was a feeling that goes in that I feel inside when I'm being my real self and extending in service. I mean, it's just it's an amazing thing. We've gotten our wires so crossed in that, but Absolutely. it just ties back to your values that right. that real self, you know, that love. And we don't yeah. talk enough about that. Yeah. And that's where, again, no matter what situation. Um, and Gabe's been to my classes. The first place I start with anybody is your REAL self, because that controls our perspective. Yeah. Again, if we're low on self-respect, we're going to see the world as either disrespecting us or that things that we're disrespecting ourselves. Okay. Yeah. If we see the, if, if we're low on self-esteem, we don't, find worth or value in ourselves, we then find less worth or value in other people or ideas or opportunity, whatever it might be. Acceptance is huge. If I don't accept myself and allow myself to be who I am, then how can I possibly accept and allow somebody else to be who they are? Yeah. You know? So key, so key. And what you just said is so powerful that I don't want to miss this opportunity to kind of uh, inject into this what's happening in the world today. I have had, you know, I have been blessed with a wonderful career being a teacher of spiritual principles. It has been amazing. And people come into that class and you get all excited. You come, whether it's co coaching or a live class or a Zoom, it doesn't matter. Especially if it's a, it's a, it's a workshop because then you immerse yourself in five, six days of nothing but uh, your real self, I call it our magnificent self. But so inside of that, that wonderful cocoon place, we get to feel the truth of who we are, we get to experience that with people who are on the same journey. And they too want to be respectful, and they want to be, uh, you know, feel their self esteem and accept and love. But what I always get from naysayers, well, that's all well and good that you go into these places and you get all high vibey and all, but how do you, how can you be in the real world um, with your real self when people are attacking you? So in this day and age where we are so freaking divided, how, how do you recommend people apply these things out there when they are in the middle of being disrespected by their own family members because they have different perspectives, let's say on politics or, or, you know, health, masks, no masks, whatever that might be. How do you give them a quick shift and a lift into that higher frequency that is tangible? Sure. 
for me, it comes down to this. Number one, being aligned within ourselves. If you're not in alignment, if you're not in an alignment here, you're not going to be in alignment. You're not, you're not going to be empowered. So alignment. Boom, mic drop. <laughs> okay. Alignment brings empowerment. Okay. When you are aligned, authentic, and consistent with your REAL self. Okay. Then you have empowerment. And when I'm an empowered person and somebody disagrees with me, number one, I can listen. I'm not afraid to listen. I'm not afraid to entertain somebody's thoughts or ideas. I'm also not going to be absorbing as to what they're saying and take it personal. Yeah. Okay because I'm empowered, okay? Uh, number two, that opens up the whole door to allowing somebody to believe whatever they want to. I'm out of the business of trying to convince people to believe or think a certain way. That's not my job. People are entitled to think or believe however they want to. If somebody wants to have an open discussion about something, Please, let's discuss. Tell me why you believe what you believe. I'm interested to hear. Is there space for me to also tell you why I believe what I believe? And then both at the end of the day say, we disagree. Let's move on. Or at least identify we can agree on this and we can agree on that. And we can agree on kindness and respect and safety and uh, opportunity and abundance and health, can we agree on all of that? Then what problems do we have? Okay. <laughs> the problem in today's world is, is number one, ego has to be right. And if I have to be right, then I have to convince you that I'm right. And if my whole premise is based on convincing you and the need to convince you, and that if I don't convince you, it means something about me or about what I believe or about what you believe. And if I do convince you, it means something about me, about what I believe or about what you believe. So we get all attached and then we get all caught up. And then we can't distinguish the middle ground. See, the, the issue, the biggest issue that I see in today's environment, and of course, this isn't new. This goes back to Cain and Abel. Okay. Oh, yeah goes back to Cain and Abel. It is not new to them. And that's another thing. People think, oh, this is the worst it's ever been. No, this is not the worst it's ever been. You want to go worse? Let's go to World War II. Okay. Let's go to World War One. Okay. Let's, I mean, so anyway, that's a whole different conversation. But the premise is, is that the people are too extreme. Okay. There's this position and this position. And if you don't believe exactly what this position says you have to believe, then it must mean you believe all these other things that put you in another bucket. And therefore, you're the enemy. See, now yeah, we have exactly. enemies. Yeah. Now I can call you dangerous, okay? Now I can accuse you of all sorts of things that are totally inaccurate, inappropriate, off the chain, sensational, and lump you with a, with the extreme on the left or the right. And there we have it. There we have our civil war. Nonviolent, right? Exactly. And but violence, violence in our minds. 
yeah, but it's and, violent and, in our mind. It, it creates the violence. If I have to convince you, if you have to believe what I believe, and if you don't, it means you are the enemy, then, then we're really stuck. We're really yeah. stuck. But this goes right back to, to your beautiful um, acronym. If we have to defend ourselves, and th these are teachings that, that have become so clear for me, again, when I look at that, that where am I on in my alignment? It, and so, so ingrained in me now, thanks to A Course in Miracles, with, with one little short, short statement that in my defenselessness, my safety lies. If When I learned yes. to not defend myself, Great point. I knew that I was sitting safely centered in my true self, my higher self, whatever you want to call itself, because I had learned to respect myself enough, to esteem myself enough, to not lose my serenity. Absolutely. And like you said, if, if we lose our serenity, it's because we don't feel safe. So attack right. is all that is left. Right. And my goodness, in today's world, when... I'm so glad that you said this is nothing new. It really isn't. It's part of our egoic programming, our egoic conditioning. And we have all been conditioned to focus on the external differences and not go internal. If anything, um, to me, if I had to say what would solve all of the world's problems, it would have to be tied to coming into alignment with the creative source inside of us. We got to come inside and get to know who we really are. Yes. Because we do not know our real self. Our real self is loving and kind. And as you said, has a, a, that love is acceptance. But we cannot accept others because we don't respect ourselves enough to we hold frequency. And we don't feel safe enough within ourselves. Okay, yeah. I love how you nailed it. See, the whole thing is if I'm always feeling the need to defend myself, okay, then I don't feel safe with who I am because I'm always having to defend it. Stop defending. State your value, state your preference. And if somebody's not agreed, thank you. Oh, <laughs> we don't have to agree. I wish you well. Yeah. I don't have to agree. Yeah. I'm not gonna justify, I'm not gonna rationalize, I'm not gonna defend. I'm not going to try and convince. I'll share an idea if you're open to receiving it. But short of that, so this is the answer to answer your question for people that are in family situations or work situations where there's this conflict or need. The first gift you have to give yourself is, is that it's OK to be me. And because it's OK to be me, it's OK for me to have my preference or belief or my value or my opinion. And number three. My value and opinion is not based on whether somebody else agrees or accepts it or not. They don't have to. In fact, it would be violent for me huh. to approach you from the standpoint that you have to change your mind. That's yeah. a form of violence. Yeah. Okay. And uh, we see that playing out every day. Thank you for saying that. Thank you for saying that because that is people don't understand that. To me, that disrespect of another person's opinion and and shutting them down, judging them, it, to me is it, it is violence. Right. It's it's vile. It's violent, and it is it is. But here's the thing: where you were talking about contrast earlier, if if we have to attack somebody else, 
and we understand the game of projection. You know, what I see in you is really what I can't see in me. Right. If, if we really truly understood that that violence that we are sending out there is being activated in here, so it is going to continue to attract to us the kinds of, of experiences that keep us from living from our real self. So it's a self-perpetuating, you know. Yeah, it keeps us tied in that attachment for the need to defend or justify or explain uh, is, is giving away our power to somebody else. We give it away because then we can be real then with every little thing. Oh, I, I have to, and we can assume some type of egotistical responsibility that we have to address it. We have to shut it down. We have to act, we have to, we have to scream louder. We have to uh, fight. No, you don't, you really <laughs> don't, unless you want to. Yeah, yeah. And if you really want to, then expect it. Yeah, expect and be it. honest, and be and honest. Yeah. Be honest yeah. about it. Yeah, I needed a good fight. I needed to feel superior. I needed to attack yeah. that. That's a whole nother uh, conversation. But the whole honesty part of this journey. Oh, my gosh, that's that's a tough one to get to. We are so dishonest with ourselves because we we lie to ourselves all the time. I, I did. I did all the time, constantly saying I'm not needing to be right. I, I'm not judging you you know, saying to myself things yeah. that were so completely pure lies because I was not in alignment with my real self that could be right. kind and gentle and loving. And that's how you really get to know back to the Course in Miracles. You know, it it, it teaches 10 characteristics of one who lives in alignment. It, the Course calls it a teacher of God, one who is teaching that I am made in the image of what is love. And in a couple of those characteristics, were, were uh, gentleness and defenselessness. And if we don't embody those characteristics, it's because we don't understand that we have the ability to choose to just operate from that space. And it is, it's, it's so difficult to be honest with ourselves because we can't see our own blind spots. It's amazing. What, what are your, what would be your quick, process for somebody to to really come back uh, to center. I know you, you kind of gave us, um, but what do you do when you see something? I'll tell you what I do. The minute that I feel the discomfort in my body, because for me, once my mind got clearer, I became more sensitized to what's happening in my body. So I don't hold the density of anger and judgment. I don't hold all the weight of the world on my shoulders anymore. My body is so clear because my mind is so well, I'm going to say clean. There's not a whole lot of conversation that happens in my mind that I don't invite in. So I, for me, I can feel the tension in my body. I immediately go, go into the, the self-honesty second characteristic of a teacher of God. And that is to say, okay, in this moment, something's happening in me. They're not responsible for what I feel. Right. And then I forgive myself for having in that moment, not being aligned with my truth and entering into a reaction. So I just forgive me pretty quickly. And sure. then it's just a matter of God, what would you have me do? Go back to my real self. What is the most loving thing in this moment? So I feel it, I forgive it, and then I align with source. Or so with love, you can say that. Here, 
here's an acronym that I use. Number one, my goal. And again, nobody's perfect. This is all a learning process. And here's what I've learned. Just when you think you've arrived at understanding fill in the blank, the universe comes along and slaps you upside the head with a, a you know, cosmotic two by four that says, here's a chance to practice what you think you really understand. Okay. Um, three words, peace. Uh, the acronym is PCC, peace, clarity, and confidence. Mm. So in any situation I'm dealing with, number one, peace is the goal. Yeah. Okay. Peace is the goal. Love can come later. First, I want peace. Okay. By creating peace, I create conditions for love to flourish and grow. Yeah. So if a situation is not peaceful, that's my sign. Okay. Number two is clarity. I want to have a sense of clarity, number one, about who I am and what's important to me and what I want. If I don't know who I am and I don't know what I want, I'm going to get scattered. I'm going to be over here. I'm going to be over there. I'm going to get drawn into this and drawn into that. And the old things are going to happen. The other C is confidence. I want a level of confidence. Now, confidence doesn't mean I know what's going to happen. Yeah. Okay. Confidence is a high, is a high degree of what I call radical trust. Okay. It's that trust that even if I can't see, even if I don't know, if I don't have full 100% knowledge, I trust that I'm being divinely led to whatever it is that I need, okay? Or that I'm being divinely led in that situation. Peace, clarity, and confidence. Those are the three things I love. Love, love, love that. Love that. So since we're kind of coming towards the end of our, of our conversation here, I would love to use that peace acronym that you had, the PCC, I love it. How are you um, viewing the world through the lens of PCC with what is happening today? Because I, I know I've got great peace about what's happening, but a lot of people are very, very scared and uncomfortable and uncertain. And here you and I are talking about confidence and trusting and peace. And yeah, that sounds all well and good up there. You know, if, if you're quarantined and you're by yourself in your house uh, with nobody to, to talk to and, and irritate you and activate you. But I take that out into the world. So that is what I embody or aspire to embody as much as possible. Like you said, the practice has knocked me up side the head with my cosmic two by four many, many times. Right. So those opportunities are always there. But how do you embody PCC in the world today? Well, the one, th one thing that I've definitely learned is that peace isn't anywhere outside of you. <laughs> Yay! So if I'm waiting for the political arena to get peaceful before I decide that I can feel peace, I'm going to be waiting a really, really long time. Um, if I'm waiting for the weather to be a certain way, if I'm waiting for the economy to be a certain way, if I'm waiting for a relationship to be a certain way, see what I'm saying? We all project outward that First, there has to peace, be peace there in order for me to feel peace here. That's backwards, okay? By me choosing peace and knowing that all I can do is create conditions for peace on the inside and in my personal experience every day, align with the values of peace and respect 
and esteem and acceptance and love. And not only give that to myself, but create conditions for other people to feel that. That's all you can do. You're not going to change Washington, D.C. Okay. <laughs> no degree of, uh, of uh, engagement, no discourse on Facebook is going to solve what is going on in Washington, D.C. these days. But if I look to D.C. as my source of peace, see who, where's the source? Huh? Yeah. Okay. Where is my source for peace? Is my where's my source for love or my source of respect? See, if my source for peace is the government, I'm going to get let down every day. If my source of peace is my spouse or my partner, they're human by design, by yeah. divine design. They're not supposed to give me peace. Yeah. They shouldn't give me peace. They're not supposed to give me peace and they can't give me peace. They can participate with me by bringing their own peace into the situation. But it, when I stop making other people or other things responsible for how I feel, I then increase my empowerment. I can then assume 100% responsibility for aligning it and seeing within myself, what do I need? How do I want to show up today? How can I show up today in a way that demonstrates peace, clarity, and confidence? What choices here, and this is, I just remembered what I wanted to say, when I'm working with my clients lineup and they're faced with an important decision, I don't tell them what to do, yeah. okay? I just ask them. I might help them come up with courses of action and ask them, are you looking at, how are you looking at it? What are you thinking about? What's important to you? But then I say, here's the core. Whatever your decision is, here's the question to ask. What decision, choice, or course of action can I choose today that demonstrates the most respect for me and for the other person, the most esteem for me and the other person, the most acceptance for me and the other person, the most love for me and the other person, okay? If you follow that as a model for all of your decisions, you will experience much different results. Yeah, oh, that's so beautiful. That is absolutely so beautiful. And to, to just, there, there's nothing to add to what you just said. Um, but in my words, the thing that has allowed me to feel most of my inner peace is to accept that everybody is wherever they are on that continuum, on that map of consciousness. Okay. Once I became clear of my lowest, lowest that I can go to, and it can be pretty horrendous because we all have the same ability to go as dark as we want to go in this lifetime. I just haven't yeah. gone that dark. But when I got honest with myself, I could if I if I so chose to. Yes. And when I began to see that I just like me, everybody in Washington, in in, you know, in, in religion, in in my church, in my community, in my family, just like me, everybody can go up and down to their yeah, real supposed to. Yes. Yes. Design. We're supposed to go <laughs> up and down. By design, everybody's entitled to their own path. The planet is somebody's path. And Maybe. here's the thing codependence is when we get attached. 30 <laughs> seconds. Codependence is when we get attached to trying to control somebody else's path. Okay. By thinking they shouldn't be on the path that they're on and they should be making all sorts of different decisions. That's not my job. 
Yeah. My job to is to accept where they are, allow them to be on the path, be available to help them if they're willing to be helped. But other than that, I'm just going to say, I love you for whatever reason you're, you've chosen the path you are. Here's what I say in my class. Number one, you're right where you're supposed to be in everything, geographically, money, love, relationships, health, whatever it is. You're right where you're supposed to be all the time. Here's the other thing. You are right where you are. Nothing's broken with you as a person. You are whole. You are a soul. You are created. Uh, and your source is divine energy and divine light. So there's nothing wrong, broken about you. You are right. Now, choose which direction you want to go, knowing that that's the case. Yeah. What lens do you want to look at the world through? That was absolutely beautiful and powerful. I could just keep talking to you. <laughs> great, Lana. Thank you. Thank you so much. So do me a favor and tell people how can they find you besides Facebook, sure. but this also turns into a podcast that is only audible. So how sure. can people find you? Yeah, you can connect with me again through my Facebook site, John Hyatt, your coach for life. You can email me at john at johnhyatt.com. Uh, you can call me 404-933-1402 and I'd be more than happy to figure out how I can help you figure it out. Oh, that's so beautiful. And Hyatt is spelled H-Y-A-T-T -T, for those of you who are listening to this. And www.johnhyatt.com is my website. Oh, perfect. Perfect. So thank you so much for this beautiful thank conversation you. and for just being being the presence of what you teach you walk the talk and i so appreciate that love you thank brother you. and love everybody you we'll see you in the next episode of align with lina thank you for being here